0: hello Sasha Black hello my darling how are you I'm good especially that you gave me a little bit more time because I had foolishly said I would talk to you at 5 30 in the morning because I had something (laughs) to do later today and we were trying to fit it in and I thought I'd have to be out of the house by now but I didn't and now you you don't mind recording at eight o'clock at night so you here's the
1: thing I only do it for special people.
0: Very <laughs> <laughs> special person. That makes me feel like I you should have gone up at 5 30.
1: No, 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 because 8 30 is far, um, 8 o'clock is far more reasonable than 5 30. Oh my goodness me. And I'm a night owl, remember. So I would like, I would take 8 p.m. over 5 30 every single time. Um, I do occasionally do 8 o'clock um but I try not to Uh, what what I've started to do um because the because Atlas is slightly older now um I can do a 4 p.m and like a 6 p.m record which generally is late enough for most people um but I wasn't I didn't used to be able to do that because he needed me so much more after school whereas now I like hand him snacks give him the remote or give him his homework or whatever and then off he goes you know I'm not interesting anymore I'm not
0: no, I okay. <laughs> always think that that must be such a relief to parents when they finally get to the point where they're like, "Oh, they could just—I can tell them to go entertain themselves, and then they will." Like that must be yeah. glorious.
1: It it really is. Like, what's nice is that the relationship changes, so it's much more like like we just enjoy each other's time now. And like he's funny, and he makes jokes, and I will make jokes with him, and like. I don't know. It's just more enjoyable now. Like, I, I don't know. I'm sure there are other parents who absolutely love the like needing to be needed, but I hate being needed. <laughs> so like, I really enjoy this because he's so fun. He just wants to like hang out and do stuff. And that's much more fun than than like, I don't know, screaming toddlers having tantrums. I don't I didn't really enjoy that. stuff.
0: <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Oh, because my
1: commands like where is your, yeah. where is that for you? Where's command? Uh, Take a drink. Seven. Seven. But it's, it's Chloe's number one.
0: No. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: She is command significant self-assurance. She is a fucking powerhouse.
0: <laughs> I'm bringing yeah. up my, I'm bringing up my command. I mean, is, is that what it's called? It's called command. Oh, there it is. 22. Yeah. yeah I don't have it. Yeah. yeah it no, doesn't exist. No, I...
1: I, I Yeah, both of us have it. And uh, like for a long time, I was like, oh, I don't ha- I don't I can't see my command because, because Chloe just is command, you know, and then um, like through Ellie, I've really learned uh, like like I see it come out every so often.
0: And I'm like, oh, oh, there she is. I <laughs> think that's so fascinating. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I just yeah, uh, I just recorded a um, mini episode where I, you know, answer Patreon questions and I love doing those. And somebody had asked me like, can you talk about how you feed your strengths? Um, And I love hearing you and Sasha talk about it. Would you mind talking about it with her? I'm like, no, no, we can't. (laughs) We can't go into a major because like seriously Gallup will come after us because we can't Um, once like, if we were actually to go deep, like which we could and it would be so fun, we would get in trouble. (laughs) I mean, we could, we could do like, a secret, secret
1: chat that doesn't go on the podcast but just stays in Patreon because then who would know? Not that I'm naughty
0: and rebellious and break all the rules, but I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just saying. I kind of <laughs> love that idea. Let's do that as a yeah. bonus sometime, like a like a, yeah. like a fifteen or twenty minute session, yeah. like after we record or before, where we talk about feeding our strengths, just for, for the people who, j- yeah. just for patrons, just for people who are yeah. into Clifton strengths.
1: Oh, I love it! Yeah, let's. Oh, okay, her. that'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, how are you? What happened to your butt cheek? Oh my
0: god, I smashed it. There's, a, we have this hill that I'm looking at right now. It just goes straight up and it's great for the dog. She runs up and down, up and down. And it's got some concrete, like, you know, what are they called? Retaining walls and concrete paths. And I knew the concrete path was very slippy and covered with moss. And it's been raining. It's soggy out there. I'm walking down very carefully. I'm always very careful up there. And I got off the concrete and then I'm on the grass and I don't have to worry. And the grass went out. It was just so wet that the grass just released its hold on the roots. And I went down and I landed on the concrete. Like, so just oh. the, so the like broken concrete concrete, which was already broken. I didn't break it. Could have broken concrete, just embedded in my, I have like, it is one week. Wait, it's more than a week later now. And I still can barely sit. It is, (laughs) it's, my butt cheek was twice the size it normally is. I, I have a very flat butt. I had one flat butt cheek and one like that is what I have been looking for, but not that mm-hmm. color. <laughs> you know? oh my it, and, but you know what? And I can complain about it. it was it is super painful? But I could have gone backwards. I could have cracked my head on the concrete. I could have broken a wrist. Like all like it was. It's fine. It and it made me lay down for you know two and a half days because I couldn't even stand up but did you get some delicious input time i had only it only input for for the one for once in my life i just said cuz usually i have rules for myself like if i take a retreat and it's all input it's all books i won't look at social media this time i was like fuck that i'm watching tiktok as much as i want and when i get tired of tiktok i'll read and when i get tired of reading i'll do tiktok and that's all i did and it was it was yummy like i just I- kept thinking like this is pretty great
1: yeah. So so my friend, Helen, who I know you've had on your yes. podcast, she is um, a very good friend and she made a very good recommendation to me. So I have on Monday, one hour after the school run before I go to boot camp. And so what has been happening is that I've been doing nothing like literally yeah. nothing I've just a, a whole fat load of absolutely nothing useful to anybody right. and, and just procrastinating wasting my time um and and then being cross that I've wasted my time yes. and so she was like why don't you just read for an hour and I was like <gasps> oh, what an amazing gift I can give myself it's almost like I'm a rusher and I, <laughs> I can do that this like, work. And she was like, I, I feel like you might be resistant to this. I was like, I am so taking this and I am running with it. I am so excited to, to just have one hour to myself in the working day to read. Why didn't I give that to myself? What a I tra- me.
0: You know what? The, here's the thing. I have tried to give myself an hour of reading time in my day before. And sometimes it works, but it doesn't work for very long because I get too driven and like, oh my God, I'm not, this is not productive. Um it is good for my happiness, and I should probably try to bring like half an hour back in but it is so good that you are you don't, you can't do much with that other hour like so you and I haven't been yeah
1: that's exactly it because my Uh, focus is like oh no we're about to have an interruption in 45 minutes we couldn't possibly focus on anything now right and and so and so it literally is just a waste of my time and so she was like well
0: read and I was like oh oh,
1: but I could do that so yeah that's yeah
0: It's so good. L- Lala kept checking on me while I was in bed, and, and you know she had the puppy the whole time, and that was you know because I couldn't even let the puppy get near me because what if she, like, breathed near my butt cheek, you know? So I was always trying to stay away from her. It was awful, and um, and she would check in, and she, go- she would go, "What are you doing in there?" And I would say, "I'm I'm reading." And she goes, "Oh, you're doing your job. You're working really hard. I can see you're working really hard." I'm like, "I am. I am working so hard right now." <laughs> She knows what to say. <laughs> She's a, she she a good wife. She is good wife. How about you? What's been up with you?
1: So uh, I don't really know where this last month has gone. Like I feel like I've had a month off, even though I have absolutely not had a month off. But I went <laughs> to um, Seville. Oh, so the beginning you've of the month. been going
0: around. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: So the beginning of the month, I finished editing book two. Sent yep. it to my beta reader. So she gave me that back the day before I went to seville, so i haven't I hadn't touched it until this week. so I was in Seville, twenty books. then I came back from seville i I was literally like in a coma of people exhaustion because oh my god i the older I get, the more of an introvert I've become yes, It's like actually yes, unbelievable mm-hmm. um and then I went to London Book Fair and I spoke at oh. Seville and I spoke at London oh. Book Fair. But it was like <laughs> back to back. And if I hadn't have rested last weekend, I think I would have got sick. You know, when you wake up and I was like, oh, I'm right on the line of like, I'm going to get sick if I push too hard. So I pulled it back and I rested last weekend. And uh, and then so this week I've been going hell for that for leather, trying to catch up with everything, but also doing edits. So I want mm. to hand off the book to the editor on Sunday night. So yeah. Um, but you know when you've been away, and then like your inbox is like filthy, and your you you just have all of the admin things and all of the everything, and then you also have like an editorial deadline. I, I'm just a bit like yeah.
0: rabbit in the headlights this week. The only oh. thing that saves me in those cases is I had to do it this week is because <laughs> I had like six important things that needed to be done this week on a deadline, and I, oh my god, I have to number them, I have to list them, and then number them. And then I only allow myself to work on number one until number one is done. And then number two, and I forget I all the time. That. It's, I have no discipline. Well, it's like number 32 or something, but, um, but it's the only, I think it's an ADHD thing. Otherwise I mm. will, I'll freeze and I'll do a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit here and I'll do seven emails and, um, email is always my, the danger because I can get lost in email. So I really try to keep it all out, but, oh, it must but you be use so that.
1: That I do, thing, I it? do, but yeah. there's a
0: cheat way so you can go glance oh. over to see if there's any fires burning, and I notice myself glancing, you know, for four thousand times a day. So <laughs> then I gotta, then I gotta not do that. I just close email altogether. Yeah. 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 But, okay. So, what was the best thing that you took away from twenty books? Well, or London, um, or both?
1: um. So, um, d- decision to go to Vegas is is huh? the first one. Yeah. Um, and the second one. I really felt above all other conferences, I felt like I had been given permission to be aggressive um, because I am naturally very aggressive and I feel like I have kind of squashed that energy down for quite a long time. And I just, it, it 20 books is so business focused in a way that a lot of the rest of the community isn't. And um, I really enjoyed just soaking up that like aggressive drive for success. And so I, I came away and I was like, I really feel like I, I can just let out the beast that is inside me. <laughs> and I can't really define what that looks like tangibly yet. Yeah. It's It's more of a feeling on the inside and kind of a mental shift towards actually, let's just focus on like the 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 hard goals the money making like what is it you know rather than and you know have you ever read playing
0: big by tara someone or other tara Moore i think um, yeah that's it it. and i i have not read it it's on my kindle i started i started it and i really liked it and then i forgot to finish it
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i listened to the audio interestingly when i was at 20 books edinburgh yeah Mm. which is strange and and it It really brought me back to that book. And I feel like I've been playing small. And so it it was very kind of connected. And I don't know. So yeah, I just came away feeling really free on the inside. Oh. Yeah. So that is lovely. Yeah. I have a question for you though. Yeah. Have you read the Kickstarter book yet? No no I okay not. I haven't either I haven't do is Kickstarter still like a thing in the back of your head that like yeah like no it's in the front thing? of my head it's in the front it's... of your head right yeah. right so you know how I mentioned Kickstarter to you and mm-hmm. then I was all like oh <laughs> you know where this is going
0: don't you <laughs> <laughs> that's, the laugh. that's what I was waiting for <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um... <laughs>
0: No, your natural one is much more evil.
1: Well, anyway, so you know how um, I was like, oh, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. And then, and then, and then I was like, maybe I've been convinced to do it. Well, so you know how like, I'm sapphic, AK sapphic, you're sapphic, and you know how (laughs) You know how like I there were, I set up a Marco Polo called The Three Musketeers. It's it's almost like I have already persuaded AK and that really this is like a complete show in. And, and <laughs> I'm not even
0: breathing. I'm not and even so
1: breathing. I just feel like is better than one. <laughs> and it's not safe for work and it's sapphic and there's three of us and I just feel like it's meant to be. <laughs> I want to
0: cry. I want to like the I want to like cl- crawl under my desk but then I would be away from the microphone. Yes. Yes. And I'm hearing like Ellie in my head saying, "Don't." No. Don't no she ha- Ellie has already told me no. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "No." And I was like, mm, 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 mm,
1: mm, mm. "Okay, so, yeah. so for the well, people
0: um, for the people listening, we're talking about AK Mulford who is a good friend of ours and has been on both of our shows, eh?
1: they have yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah and um and I think that we don't tell them that we're talking about this until they listen to the show (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah but I mean there may have been some strategic seed like seed 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 sowing seed seed sown in in that I may have gone to the one I thought I could pick off the quickest (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that they were already on board
0: <laughs> oh shit <laughs> so i'm so, this- so basically you're telling me right now what we're doing yeah yeah <laughs> i love this idea i Isn't love this idea amazing oh
1: my goodness me i i was like i i i was like this has to be a done deal yeah <laughs> i don't mind when it happens it's, we are all busy we're all busy but it does need to happen
0: Oh my God. I, my, mm-hmm. yes. And you're, and you're thinking Kickstarter and then release and then whatever. Like we can, we, we have a Marco Polo group. That is why <laughs> I set it up. <laughs> I'm not joking. Now I understand the number seven command. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. But
1: like, how much fun would it be? It would be 100% fun. It's just fun and that's all it has to be is just yes. fun and we all get to learn a thing
0: yes we um, get to learn a all... thing and we make a little together. bit of money but yeah. we'll also be hitting each other's you know markets and we all have different Go different markets. so different so yeah. our lists are so so different oh I love this <gasps> you're going so, to hell I don't- <laughs> why do you think I waited to do it on this <laughs> I'm like, let's not tell AK, but you and AK are like, let's not tell Rachel. So she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That whole
1: Marco chat, I was just like, don't say anything, don't say anything. <laughs> I played, I played. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Okay, I'm this is sorry. this is fantastic, and I love it. And yes, I mean, okay. I'm totally okay. in with all of my little sapphic heart. Okay, amazing, amazing. I mean, I'm done now. I'm spent. That was it. That, that was one. What... <laughs> okay, that was I'm going to bring it back for. so it's interesting to people. But um, I yes. sorry, I'm dying. I'm dying inside. I'm dying inside. Okay, that Marco Polo is going to blow up, man. <laughs> okay. Um. 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 Okay. So April is. Ticking, but I also feel like I had April off because I did. And I wanted to share something with you that I just realized yesterday. Um, so I took April off from teaching, but I also took it off from Rachel Says Right, which I normally host twice a week. And, you know, I had uh, my assistant do one day and another writer do the other day. And I have been just like floundering. I floundered all of April. I mean, I've gotten stuff done cause I always get stuff done, but I have not felt focused. I have not felt on top of it. And then um, oh, I even canceled some, or uh, I canceled a, a couple of podcasts and then a couple got moved on me. So I wasn't even really meeting with people like that. And then I met with a podcast, you know, I was interviewing somebody yesterday who I'd never met before, but I immediately fell in love with them. And I was like, oh, I, my whole thing that I've been talking about this year is community and being in community. And I needed a break from community or whatever. And it just sapped me. I had no energy. And yesterday I met with one person and I was just like, this is so great. I miss my students. I miss being with people. I I don't, don't ever listen to me when I say that I need a total break from humanity. Maybe I need a week break. (laughs) But I don't need a month break. I this has not been good for me. I think you and, remove the structure as well, and I think I when, we, the when we you remove the structure, yes. and when we have less on our
1: calendar, I often find I'm more inefficient.
0: Yes, I was absolutely more inefficient. But the, the irritating thing it's like the sunk cost fallacy. It doesn't matter how much you understand the sunk cost fallacy, you are still prone to falling into it. And understanding that I will be less effective. Does not make me more effective. It makes me just frustrated <laughs> and mad at myself the whole time well, because I'm not doing it right. That is exactly it. When I when I'm teaching, like my Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays are really rigidly structured because I've got a lot of prep to do before class, and then my Wednesdays are all class. Thursdays and Fridays, I can kind of like relax into the rest of my week and get work done. But I get my work done. I get my writing done. I get all the stuff I need to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I get it done because I have to. It's got to fit in. And I didn't mock that. I, I, I don't. Um, but I generally get about eight to 10,000 words a week to it. It's editing, um, for 90 days to done. I don't edit all. I just, uh, read and react to if for anyone who's on a hot seat, if they're on a hot seat, they can send me a thousand words. And then I, and then I do that. But if they're in revision or if they're in my grad's class, they can send me a thousand words and I edit. So that's kind of a lot. It's a lot of heavy lifting. Um, plus, I do massive Q&A videos for each class every week. And they're usually about an hour for all of those. So
1: so I was having an interesting discussion with um, Orna Ross from mm-hmm. Ally yeah. about the difference between teaching and speaking. And I and I think Orna has also had this conversation with Joanna. Um, and. And I didn't really understand until I had this conversation with her <clears throat> about the difference between teaching and speaking.
0: Because I don't so much it. of teaching. To me.
1: <laughs> okay, well, so much of teaching is speaking, right? Yeah. Because we are speaking to our yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, but teaching is more than just the session that you give. It's the bit that comes afterwards, the marking, the watching, the growth in other people. Mm -hmm. Whereas speaking is that moment on stage where you Mm. give your words and then it's done. And, and Orna loves teaching. I love speaking. And I hadn't seen that
0: distinction. I, I think I love the teaching more but I definitely get high on the speaking. Like I love the buzz that comes from speaking, mm. um, which I don't, I don't get in the teaching setting as much because, you know, you you get it the first day of class, but then you get into just being there, the facilitator, being a facilitator. I love that. I just don't feel like I teach. I feel like all I do is cheerlead. That's all I do, and I share some craft tips, but otherwise I'm just a cheerleader for them. And so for me, I think the teaching is more important. And I could see you just being this sparkle superstar speaker. You know, yeah. Just, for Wah. me, it's all about speaking. <laughs> I don't see you speak. Yeah. I want to like, I want to bask in that energy. I, I wanna... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I bet I I people definitely... are just blown away by you. Oh, stop. <laughs> I don't, see for I don't. me. I speak and people come up afterwards and they say, Oh, can I give you a hug? And then oh, for, for you, after you speak, I bet they go. I could do it too. I can do it too. I could do it too. <laughs> That's the difference.
1: I I are uh, there are so many things that I want to say that I am embargoed and cannot say right now. But hopefully next next time I will be able to say all of the things that I want to say right now that I literally cannot say.
0: <laughs> I think I know what they are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you might too. <laughs> God, we are such assholes Like all of the we secrets are. and stuff. We you are such jerks. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs>
0: But, but, okay. So should we make it, um, we talked last time about talking about, um, money, money, yeah, about money. I have a yeah. couple of questions for you. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do it because I think both you and I talk about money and I love that about us. I love that we discuss like you know, you've gone, you've talked about your pre-orders and you've talked about sales, and you make it open and transparent. And I do the same. But I want to go like way far back because I, I know we've read all of the same money books. Um, most of them. Mm-hmm. How did your parents treat money when you were growing? Up?
1: <laughs> My mom is incredible with money, like incredible. She has um She was a single parent. Mm -hmm. We left my dad and she had 57p in the bank.
0: Oh my god, that's like a Susan Elizabeth Phillips (laughs) romance novel right there, just to start. (laughs) Oh my god,
1: she is just an incredible woman. And she, I don't know how she did it, but you know, she made money. She hustled so good that, you know, she I never I never Anyway, she's amazing. She, she lived off of the eth- ethos that you save a third, you s- use a third for bills and you spend a third. And that's kind of the way that she's always been. She's always been quite conservative, I would say. She doesn't really take risks. And so um, <clears throat> she's more of sort of a squirreler away. Mm-hmm. My dad, my dad is fucking awful with money. I have never known anybody... Um, I'm very glad that he's not going to listen to this because I am disappointed in him for his treatment of money. He has been given eye-watering amounts of money, and he's blown the lot. To give him his credit, he has also created a seven-figure company, but he has spanked more than that over the years and been in huge amounts of debt gone to his parents had it paid off time and time and time and time again so I have seen two extreme ends of money I would say in my life experience how about you
0: so, before we get to me I want to go I want to go further which one do you think has had more of an effect on your emotions around money <sighs> That is such a good question. You said your mom is conservative. Does so is that because of the, fear? Yeah. Uh,
1: I think so. So here's the interesting thing. I I have spent my life rebelling against my mom. And so I, you know, I and I had a a really I had a big chunk of debt I had 40 grand in debt um, when I was mid 20s I would say and about 15 of that was student loans 12 of it was car and the rest was fertility debt and um, I haven't ever told my mum that because she'd be ashamed of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not ashamed. I've spoken about it on podcasts yep. and I got rid of that debt in about three years. I mean, I literally, I hustled my ass off to get rid of that debt. And it was after like reading the Barefoot Investor and all of that stuff. Um, so I'm completely debt free. I don't even have a credit card. I have nothing. I have, and but actually I've kind of suffered under both of them. And I've had to go through this like re-education with money. And I'm trying to teach myself. And Joanna is amazing. She sent me this big, long email of like, you know, these are different things that you need to look at and investigate. And I'm trying really hard to change my mindset around money. But because of my family... I don't know if you know who my family are, but because of my blood relative, oh, that's a whole conversation I will tell you about afterwards. So um, I know your real name, half- but
0: I've never like, I've never Googled you. So,
1: okay, I'll explain afterwards. One half of my family is extraordinarily wealthy
0: mm.
1: and the other side is not. God. And so I have this like dichotomy of experience in my head. We we were like homeless at one point, kind of homeless. And, and my aunt who owns a village and a mansion Took us in, so I lived in in basically like a servants' quarters because we had nowhere else oh to go. If, God, like the that fuck, the mind fuck with money—it has been unbelievable. Money chaos, 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 chaos—just absolute carnage on my brain. So I've had to try and erase all of it and create my own mindset with money. But here's the other interesting thing, right? So this whole strengths coaching experience that I've gone through has been like the biggest thing for me is is learning that I did not value myself and that I had this false belief that I was not lovable for a multitude of reasons all the stuff in our childhood and um and therefore I put that onto money oh. yeah and so and isn't it interesting that as I Grow through this and I move past this, my income's are growing mm-hmm. and growing through it. And it's just, it just
0: fascinates me, like how all of this is connected. And yeah, so that's Be- kind of my. Because money is, I mean, we can't argue it. It is factually, money is worth. And we learn what that worth means to us. And you learned so chaotically about what worth is and what worth isn't. Mm-hmm. The servants' quarters in the village, like that is. That's mind blowing so, yeah. so who um who is the financial person in your relationship who does all the bills and stuff?
1: But Be- between me and Chloe.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I do them because I'm better organized and she um has quite quite strong dyslexia. So she doesn't really enjoy um looking at contracts and things like that. So I tend to do that. I actually think that she is probably a better saver than me but she's also extremely risk averse. Whereas I will like invest money to make money, but she doesn't, she would never be self-employed, for
0: example. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is so fascinating. Isn't it so interesting? I'm dying to know about you though. Okay, so we, I grew up quite poor and I didn't really realize that for a long time because my mother was very, very good at hiding that in a way. And I think that that is the main takeaway for money for me was that, any money stuff was hidden. Money stuff was absolutely completely vague. I thought, I mean, like she would make these beans, she would cook pinto beans and that would be dinner at least one or two nights a week. And she would put a piece of cheese on top. And my dad would just like, he would say this, can you believe we get to eat this? Like it is, it is cheese on top of beans. This is the best. And, and I really, really, I mean, he probably does feel like that, but, but I just thought we were it and just recently on tiktok of all places i saw some girl saying um whatever happened to the bread store like don't you remember going to the bread store and somebody responded to her saying there was no bread store that was the that was the day old store and that's where your mom took you because you were poor and i was like oh my god i didn't even know that i loved the bread store." (laughs) (laughs) so there was so but they had made a conscious decision that dad would work and mom would stay home and raise us and so and dad was dad always worked um nonprofit, very small community, um, community supported kind of jobs. And so he never had money. He was frequently out of a job and she was always pulling all the levers and tightening the belts. I remember making, um, she made alphabet burgers for a long time because she would try to extend the meat. So we would think of what could go in the alphabet burger for C let's do carrots. And it was so exciting. And, um, but what that, what that did was I never, I never understood money. I didn't know how it worked. I just knew you didn't talk about it. And I knew that if you asked for something, mom's face would get really tight. Like if I asked for something, we would go to the thrift store and try to find it. Um, I, never, I never had a piece of new clothing until I had a job as a, in junior high. and went to the grocery store and bought this cute shirt. I remember it was at the grocery store for myself. Um, did, but, did you yeah. ask?
1: Because that, that's Did I ask so interesting. for things? I stopped yeah, asking because- for things. So that was, that was my experience. Like my, my mum was kind of similar in, in that I never really wanted for anything, but I had a subconscious awareness that we yes. didn't have all of the other things. So, yes. but I stopped, like one of the, one of my memories is my mum sort of, as I got into teenage years, my mum always saying to me, you never asked for anything like the other children. And I think looking back, it's because I knew without knowing yes. that like I, I, I rem- I remember having an awareness when I was about, I don't know, I was maybe year six or seven, which is like maybe 11-ish. And no, maybe I was slightly younger. Maybe I was nine. My dad took me to Israel to visit my grandmother. And he was like, you can have, you can either have a brand new pair of Nike trainers, or you can go and swim with dolphins, and I chose the trainers because I was being bullied because I had non-branded trainers. Oh And my I, God. yeah, and it's things like that that I remember and think, yeah, like, actually, like, those are the things that, that were connected to, like, even though it wasn't a direct financial thing, it's those memories that cause the pain around, mm-hmm. like, those kinds of things. And what you were saying, kind of, like, you just sparking all those memories for me that I'd kind of forgotten
0: Yeah. I mean, I I really clearly remember sitting on the grass with kids and looking at their jeans and looking at their jackets and looking at the friendship pins and, and just knowing that I, I wouldn't have it. And it didn't do to ask. Like I just, Mm. it didn't, because I didn't, I didn't want the disappointment of not being able to have it. So I just, I just put that away. And so I... Had no concept of money, and I was one of those people who went to you know I went to college and on the first day of college but in america there's a table out there there's like the recruiter trying to get you to join the army and then there's these tables of credit card companies who say, oh. Here you go and so oh, at eighteen, no. I was getting into debt they gave me my first credit card I remember i couldn't pay the minimums and then they would call the house where I still lived with my parents and and like they had to bail me out a couple of times for very small amounts, but by the time I was thirty. 30, 32 or so, I had $120,000 worth of debt. Um, it was uh, IRS for my wife. It was 50,000 student loan. It was like 40,000 credit card and um, something else I can't remember. And I was talking to my friend, Sophie Littlefield, who was leaving her husband and had no money. And, and we did not know how to do anything. And we just decided to learn about money and she was braver than I was. She looked at it head on and she found this app that I, I preach about like it's Clifton strength. I swear it's called. You need a budget um, or YNAB you need com, And it saved my life because it taught me. It's not a budgeting software because I, I tried budgets a million times. What wineapp mm-hmm. does is it it just tracks everything and it teaches you over time how much you actually spend on things. And I was always getting to the end of the month thinking, I, did, I didn't see this one coming. I thought I did, but I don't have it. And then I would go on credit. And wineapp slowly taught me how much I actually spend and how much we actually need. And it changed everything. And then with my two jobs, with working the the day job full-time and also with writing, I put all of the money I made, basically, I would, I would treat myself to a few things, a pair of flu bugs. Um, but then I put all the money into debt and we paid it off after like probably three or four years of just throw, throwing money at it to the point where when Lala was unemployed for like a year one time, because um, of the the uh, finance crash recession? in 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, we were still paying off more than we ever had just because I was so focused on doing that. And that's when I learned how satisfying it is to be completely debt-free we're completely debt-free except for the house and when we didn't have the house we were completely debt-free and for the first time we had so much we had money in the bank from the sale of our house and um but i know i know because i can feel it that my my main block around money. And this is what I want to ask you about. My main block about money is that I naturally come from an inherited and observed and sometimes chosen scarcity mindset that there, there isn't enough. There's not going to be enough. How do we, how do we get enough? How do we, how do we protect ourselves? And I think I get that straight from my mom. How do we protect ourselves from, from the, from the bad stuff? And then, you know, in my, the forefront of my mind. I know that we can't protect ourselves from the bad stuff. The really bad stuff is stuff that money can't fix. Um, but the scarcity mindset keeps me small and scared. And I'm actually really interested in reading playing big. Um, maybe I'm I'm ready for that. I've been a, the life I live now is not a life that I ever could have imagined living. Like when I look at our investments. And when I look at YNAB now, there's this thing where you could actually track over the course of time. So I've been doing this for 15 years or something. Um, And and to go from that negative to this, to me, insanely positive number, feels so good. Um, So what is your main money block, if I were to ask you that?
1: So uh, when I listen to all these audiobooks and stuff, I, I really struggle because they don't give enough examples of what blocks are for me to really know mm-hmm. what a block is or what it looks like. Um and and I don't know. Like my main frustration is that I'm not making what I should be. And I know that that is only down to me, but I don't know why. <laughs> you know? So like, I know some of it is because I haven't, I know some of the first, the reasons why like the first books and stuff didn't do well, but like, I I think I have not, I think I have not made the decisions to value what I have. So for example, um, uh, Ellie made me do an IP asset kind of sheet
0: and oh, i just I listened i listened to your update that was, that yeah. was awesome so give, us a, have... give us a give us a log line of that for people who haven't heard that episode of yours yet um is this the lessons learned one the, from no. lessons learned and your ip what you learned about all your ip yeah
1: so essentially i i did an ip asset sheet which listed all of my digital assets books box sets books, courses um and then that that are published and in In use. And then I also looked at what I have that I have not published. And I have like 20 slide decks, 20 presentations that have been given presented at some I've been paid for some have been you know whatever and actually it wouldn't take an awful lot to turn them into mini classes you know they don't even have to be expensive ones there are a couple that I would like to one in particular I'm going to expand into a into a premium course I think but um, the point is is that I've just let them sit on my desk because I think that I don't value what I do I think that I struggle to find the value but both Mm. tangibly giving other people but also financial like I struggled to put a financial value on that because I don't value myself like if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and and that behavior is also in my marketing so like once I finished a thing I find it very difficult to go back and market like my backlist even though I know sensibly that 50% of any author's income is their backlist and yet I have not really done sales I've not really done you know I don't do any of that stuff so One of the things that I've been doing is creating like standardized captions to talk about the fact that I've got this book and that book and I've got a Patreon and I've got a course already. And like all of these things that can just be on rotation. Um, And it's because I've been watching a couple of really savvy or indie authors on social media and noticing that they actually just repeat their content on a cycle. Some of it's new content, but some of it's just repeat content. I was just like, why the fuck am I not doing this? So I've like... I've gone in and I've literally written like three to five sets of captions for each digital product that I have, and I've given them all to Becca, and now it's up to Becca to schedule them. I don't want to see it again. <gasps> that is but so will...
0: that is so smart because I could give that to Ed. Like I could just yeah. do that and give it to Ed, and he would be so happy to push those things out for me. Listen, I had a book bob last week for my first book, which oh. I have no idea how he got that because it is um it's one it's my series that's in Ku. It's my only series in KU and it's the first book in there, but I got a book for it. And he had to literally beg me to send an email to my list about it. And I couldn't do it. I went in one day and I tried to do it. And then I just, I texted him. I'm like, I can't, I cannot do this. And he said, you have to, he actually gave me the time of expiration that I had to do it. And finally, I just sent like a chatty newsletter. And then at the bottom, I did a PS, you know, Abigail shop is free right now, but I almost, I almost died. I came so close to death, just not being able to tell people that they could, they could get this deal. What is, what is wrong with us? I don't, I, I, I honestly don't. Well,
1: you're a three, right, on the Enneagram, and and that's all about value, yeah. right? So I don't know. Like for for me, I, it definitely the whole value thing is a strength wound from events, um, but it's been very interesting for me to see this and understand this and and then say actually no this is not good enough I I deserve better than this behavior from myself so I you know but it's difficult because we take steps forward and then just like this last week I've taken a couple of steps back and you know Ellie had to crack the whip and you know And, and it's frustrating because I don't like that. I like only forward motion, but actually that's what healing is, isn't it? It's steps forward, step back, step forward, step back, you know, and that, that's how we progress. So I don't know what my block is. I, I feel like the block is probably to do with
0: value, valuing myself and what I create. I have to say that that really rings true with me, and I'm not sh- I'm, I'm not sure how, and I, I am investigating deeper into that. Also, for me, it is about um, value in taking up space. I don't want to I don't want to be too strident. I don't want to offend. I don't want people to. But, I, but like my heart says, I don't want anybody to be annoyed by me. My brain says, "Fuck that!" Like no one's going to see these. Like you mentioned in your podcast, like the the actual reach of our social media is small. Nobody's going to see it eight times. And if they yeah, do exactly. and they like you, they're like, yeah, good, good for Rachel. I'm trying to get more readers. Nobody, nobody fucking cares. And if they care, it, I don't care. But my heart still says, oh, no, I don't want to be a problem. I don't want to be a bother, which is bullshit. It is bullshit
1: because you're never a problem and you're giving incredible value to the community. She says as a complete hypocrite because <laughs> because, because like for me. So. So I so this was the realization that I had this week. I preempt what I do not being good enough. Because for certain people in my life, nothing has ever been good enough. Mm. And therefore I devalue everything that I do in mm-hmm. in pre in a protective preempt that I know it's not going to be good enough anyway. And so um I really struggle. Like when people like I I have had so many comments this week about the podcast on the and the lessons learned and 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 they it's really hard because I'm like but I just I don't know like okay thank you but I don't know why like I can't it's so hard for my brain to go you have given value because I can't I'm just well I was just saying stuff you know I'm just saying what's in my what what I think
0: I can, as, as a receiver of that, as one of your listeners, I can say with confidence, it is not about what you tell us and what we're taking notes on and what we've learned from you. Like that happens too. We learn from you. And I know that people learn from me, but what I get from you is your vulnerability. You're like, this hurt. This was hard. Didn't do this right. Can't wait to do this. Did this great. Can't wait to see what's going to happen in this next year. That vulnerability is what makes us connect with you. And that's what makes us learn from you. And I know that that's true for myself as well when I say that out loud. Um, but that's what you're giving. You're giving you. And that's what you were saying in the podcast too. Like the, the thing that we have to do as AI comes up on this scene and everything. And I'm excited. I actually had a really good dream about AI last night where I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it for this question. Um, but mm-hmm. we, have to, we have to triple down, quadruple down on being us. And you are so you, you can't be anybody else. You, you are you. Yeah. It's, but, but when I
1: struggled to value the you as in me, yeah. Yeah. that's, that's when my brain just like thought circuits and it's like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes. Yeah. And, and this is, what this is where my work is right now. Right. Yeah. Like it's trying to
0: swallow that down. <laughs> I love when you talk to Inez. I I just lost her last name. Inez. it Yeah, yeah, Inez Johnson. Oh my God, I love her. Um, I don't know why I just short circuited on her on her name. But she was talking about assets and and marketing them. And she made me realize she made me write a list of IP basically. Not I should write a real true one. Actually, I will do that. I'll I'll do that before we talk next time. Um but she made me realize that I could pretty much push a book or a series almost every every two weeks. I could have something different, you know, for a year. You you have over sixteen products that's one you could be pushing a month Mhm uh, every month I know.
1: It's, <laughs> I know
0: I know I know I know
1: I know I know amazing that isn't it <laughs> And this is why we have to do this work <laughs> Yes uh, uh, no I, I complete yes hundred percent and i I have been trying very hard to create a marketing plan and structure in the background. And and that captions kind of yes. thing is the first step towards that. But I love um, Inesse's uh, 52 week.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, like that is where I want to get to. I actually like, took that's notes not... on that.
0: Yeah. It was so, it was so smart.
1: It, it is so smart. And the thing is as well, you can literally rinse and repeat because there are lots of like, you, the, you know, it, Elena Johnson is the same. Oh, is it? Are they both Johnson? Anyway. Yeah, I guess so, um, yeah yeah um I, immediately changing say, my name rachel yeah.
0: johnson that's what you can call <laughs> me from now
1: on <laughs> i can't even say my own name never mind fuck it whatever um um uh i don't I, my brain has gone uh 52, 52 weeks. weeks yeah yeah um you there are so many like different reasons and excuses for doing sales and things as well like yeah. we could just literally like just swap all the weeks around next year apart from like those national days or whatever but yeah but basically we have no excuses
0: I'm just saying, I'm just saying. What is your, what does financial freedom mean to you? It means
1: everything. So this was a question at 20 Books Seville. Ah. And the question was, what, like, what was your big goal when you first started? And what is your goal now? Ooh,
0: I like that.
1: Yeah. And my goal when I started was to quit my day job. That Mm. was it. I needed enough money and enough freedom to quit my day job. <clears throat> now, my goal is to earn fuck you money. And that is a very specific amount of money. It is the amount of money that means that if anybody annoys me, I have enough money to throw at the situation and just go, oh, fuck you. And, and never have to deal with it again. You know, like... Um, wanting, I know this is very irresponsible. Taking my kid out of school a week early uh to go on a cheaper holiday, you know, to wherever, or having a seven week holiday instead of a six week holiday, uh and having to pay the school fine. It's fuck you money. I need fuck Every you money, every right? American like,
0: just wants to come through and punch you right now. Speaking of I just, holidays. <laughs> <laughs> like we got
1: two weeks. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No yeah. well no, no, that's the kids' school holiday. We get I yeah, think yeah. four weeks. But it's still more than America. It's still more. <laughs> anyway. But no, my, but but exactly. I want fuck you money. Like if I was employed, I want enough money to be able to say, well, fuck
0: you, I'm going to go on holiday for seven weeks, right? Yes. Like that's the kind of money. I'm that's the goal. Fuck you, money. I love that. My financial goal is um, financial independence. To me, looks like Lala does not have to work because I, I I love her not working. She loves her not working. Um, she's not <laughs> working now, and that's you know providing some stress on on finances. But I would love for her not to work and for our retirement to be settled in a way that we could continue to live at this level of life where, um, we get to eat out and we get to buy not cheap things at the grocery store and we get to, um, go on holidays and the house is paid off and true financial independence to me would be able to buy a house for my two sisters. You know, that would, yeah, I, uh, you know,
1: I, Yeah. I joke about fucking money, but though that's a very similar, like, and knowing I could look after my mom when she gets old, like that kind of. All all of of that. And I want
0: to, I want to, I would, I want to be able to do that without working, like without writing. I expect to be writing until I'm 95, 97, but I don't want to have to rely on writing, teaching money, writing and teaching money to support that until I'm 95. Yeah, uh,
1: you want uh, you want to get to the point what, where you can just write all the things for joy all of the time, and not yes. there not be any pressure. Exactly, Ditto. that is yeah. that is financial freedom. I think the first step to that might be a
0: Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, <laughs> and I love you. I know. <laughs> I think that might be a good note to end on. What do you say? Oh, what a <laughs> I, wonderful chat.
1: It was amazing. It was amazing. I, I can't wait for next month. Uh, I know, seriously.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. Happy writing to you, my friend. And
1: you. Bye. Bye.